Welcome to iChurch. Our mission is to break bondage, inspiring you. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, iChurchOKA.com. But now, get ready for what God has to say to you. One more time, a little louder. Help me preach. Flip the switch. There you go. And in this series, what we're going to talk about is how we all have a power already inside of us. But all we need to do is we need to activate that power and let it take control of us. You have the power. You have the power to get and reach farther than you've ever thought that you could. You have the power to reach farther. Say with me, I can reach farther. Say with me, I have the power. I got the power. I thought about that song. I wanted to put it, but then I was like, no, too much dancing, too much dancing. But you have the power to do great things already inside of you, and that is something that you need to understand. Let me explain something to you, and we're going to go into a little bit of a study. So you guys might get a little bit bored, but it's a study of psychology that I want to present to you guys to prove to you that you do have the power. And not only us Christians believe that, but also people from the world, scientists, psychologists believe that you have the power. In life, there are three stages. Three stages. Say with me, three. Three stages in life. The first stage in life is called deep sleep. A couple of you are right now in that stage. That's okay. I forgive you guys. I still love you. But the first stage is called deep sleep. And we go through that every night, hopefully. And it is a wonderful stage. How many of you agree with me? Hallelujah for the deep sleep that God has created in our lives. Amen? Woo! Woo! For all you high schoolers, I feel bad for you. Sucks to be you. Okay? Sucks to be you. The second stage of life that we are most aware of is wide awake. How many of you are wide awake? Okay, I'm going to preach to all five of you. How many of you are wide awake? There we go, wide awake. You're wide awake, and that is the second life stage. And the third life stage is called narrow awake. Now, narrow awake is the life stage that we're not really um, related to. We don't really understand it much because it's a stage that almost nobody can achieve. And scientists and psychologists and sociologists have gotten together and have named this stage the state of focus concentration, amplified passion, and interest where all of your mind, heart are fixated on the same thing. Narrow awake is a point where you're focused, where you're passionate, where you're interested, where you're concentrated, where you're zeroed in one same thing, and not only your mind is, but also your heart. Not only you can see it happening, but you can feel it happening, and scientists call this narrow awake. And this only happens when your mind is triggered out of stress and into concentration. That's hard. That's why almost nobody achieves it. Because stress has become part of our lives and almost none of us can get to that point where we get out of that stress and we get concentrated on what we want to do. But if we were able to achieve this, if we were were able to get close to this, it would be the most powerful state of mind. Look at what narrow awake is. Most powerful state of mind is narrow awake. It's the place where you can achieve almost all of your human potentials. It is said that this narrow awake state, life stage, was very, very, very understood and commonly used by a man named Houdini. How many of you know Houdini? All right. All right. For those of you that don't know Houdini, he was a guy that used to do amazing things. He was an escape artist. And normally escape artists, the way that they escape, scientists and sociologists believe that it's because they reach this state of mind called narrow awake, where their mind is concentrated, their heart is concentrated, they're focused, they're zero in, and that's how they get to master physiology and do all those things it is believed that houdini could sit down close his eyes and would be so so narrow awake so concentrated 
that he could dislocate his shoulder just with his mind. It is believed that he could pop play things out of places. It is believed that he could do anything with his body that he wanted to do. He could move around his stomach and put it to where he wanted it so that he could escape all those places that he escaped and do all those things that he did. Another one famous recognizes Chris Angel. It is believed that he achieves this state of mind called narrow awake or so say sociology. And that's how they can achieve and that's how they can reach this specific place. Now, I know that a bunch of you are skiving and a bunch of you are thinking, man, this guy went from super fun to dancing, want to want me to go spiritual, go emotion, and then boom, throws us with all this crap that we have no idea what it means. Okay, since you, I kind of thought that you might have not understand completely what I wanted to say, what I decided to do is to show you a person that probably achieved this state of mind, or so sociologists called it, narrow awake. And he did something that I thought that was very, very, very interesting. I want you guys to check out this video because it is amazing. Hi. Hello. Hello. Welcome to America's Got Talent. Thank you very much. My name is Stevie Starr, and I'm known as the professional regurgitator. <laughs> how, why, how did you get into that then? I lived in an orphanage, children's home in Scotland, and I used to swallow my pocket money to hide it from the other children when I was a child. I would swallow the bumblebee from the flower. I sit in the classroom and I say, Miss, look. I cough up the bumblebee and he would fly away. So he was still alive? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't try this at well, home. Well, I can't wait to see this. Cool. Shall I show you? Yeah. Okay, here we go. So, the first thing I have, I have four $1 coins. Each coin, I have them marked one, two, three, and four. So I'll start to show you them. I will swallow coin number one. Now, you won't hear the first one because there is nothing there. You will hear coin two click off coin one when it hits inside. Number two. Did you hear that? Let's eat more money. <laughs> Number three. Oh. Oh. And we have number four. <laughs> and nothing. <laughs> Which number shall I bring you back? Number three. Everyone says three. Number no, three. You rotate. Okay. No. He's rotating it. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh my word. No. And we have here three. 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 I still have one, two, and four. Give me two numbers. To, two numbers. Number two and number one. Number one and number two will both come together. one has gone a little far no. I'm going to get it back but I have to use a light bulb that oh is a genuine God. light bulb the light bulb will go inside when it hits the bottom oh. coin number four will make its way up again 
glass of sweetener sugar who can i get would you come for a second i'm not going to swallow yet i'm not going to swallow come here can you stand over here sir amazing perfect now i need you to hold this little plate for me when you take water and sugar and you mix them both together look what happens to the sugar gets wet I'm going to put this glass of sugar inside me. Bees that fetch the nectar from the flowers to the comb Never tire of him Coffee! Okay. they take a from every flower that they sip And hence, and hence They find, they find The sugar is coming back. Hold your plate down a bit. Watch your sugar here to here. Here comes the sugar. Here comes the sugar. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. Oh, the spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down. The medicine go down. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. In a most delightful way. It's so funny because when I see the crowd, I see young people, ah, and I see old people. Don't ever try that. Never awake. That's what scientists call it. The fact that he can get some stuff into his stomach and he can rotate it to whatever position he wants without being able to touch it, of course, and taking it out in the specific order that he wants to do it. Never awake is what scientists call it. Now, I have a different theory about this. Now, here's what I get deep really fast, and here's where some people freak out. Here's where some people think I'm crazy. I think that you have the power inside of you. Every single one of you has the power inside of you. But the way that you release it is that either you can go and get close to the Holy Spirit and allow him to take control of you and take out those supernatural abilities that he had already given to you and placed to you, or you can go and make a deal with the devil and let those demons control exactly everything that you want to do. Now, I know a bunch of people are going, hmm, hmm, this guy's weird. Hold on, hold on. Before you criticize me, before you pinpoint me, before you, 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 you think I'm crazy, before you walk out, listen to what I have to say and wait to the end of the sermon. You have people like Chris Angel who stands in front of multitudes and does crazy things, impossible things, doing it exactly just by looking at it. You can feel all the demons controlling what he's doing and taking supernatural abilities to another level. You have a person, like here's when people are going to freak out on me, but you, have, you can look it up on YouTube. We didn't do it because of time, but you have a person like Beyonce who says that she invites a person named Sasha into her body so that Sasha takes control of her and makes her do the, do, sing that way she needs to sing, dance the way she needs to dance, and she gives all the glory to a person named Sasha. Look it up. 
She has a connection with the devil and allows the devil to take control of what she does so that she can do it to a supernatural ability and a supernatural level. Oh, so you're being an exaggerate. Now you go to the opposite side and you see people that get close to God. You see people like Jesus who stands upon water, something that cannot be done and lets himself be controlled by himself, by the Holy Spirit. You have people like Paul, you have people like, Paul like John, who do miracles, who walk and their shadow healed the sick without them even touching. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit completely taking over them because they flipped the switch and say, Jesus, God, I am here, and I want you to take control of everything that I am. And I want to tell you today that you have the power, but you need to flip the switch and allow God to take control of everything that you are and take those abilities to another level and use it only for his glory. And throughout the whole month, we're going to explain to you guys how exactly do you flip the switch and how do I invite the Holy Spirit to take control of me. Now, I know a bunch of you are freaking out like, I ain't going to flip the switch. You flip the switch to the Holy Spirit. You run to God and he, you will feel happier than ever. You will reach things that you didn't think like you could reach, like self-esteem. You'll be able to speak and people will listen. You'll be able to take the word of God. You'll be able to sing the ways that you haven't sung because God placed already that power and that ability inside of you but you need to get close to him and flip the switch so that he can take control and say, God, I am yours. Do what you want with me. Do what you please with me. And today, we're going to start the series, Flip the Switch. You guys with me? Yeah? Still with me? Okay, too much silence in the room after that. You guys with me? Yeah? yeah? Ba-boom, ba-boom. Come on, give it all, give it all. Come on, flip the switch. Let's do this. Let's start this series. I want you to repeat after me from this moment. Come on, help me preach, people, from this moment. I am a sheep. Stay with me one more time. From this moment, I am a sheep. And I'm going to tell you guys a story. There you are. No matter who you are, envision yourself like that. Some of you, it's easy. Some of you, it's hard. Sorry if it's easy for you, okay? We're here for you. I, church, will take you out of that place, all right? You do not look like that sheep, hopefully. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys a story that Pastor said today in the first series that blew my mind away. I had another sermon, but as soon as I sat down and I heard this, I said, man, that is exactly what has been happening to society. And I want to talk to you guys about a sheep. Sheep get dirty constantly because they live outside and they're always around crap. Can you agree with that? Have you ever hugged a sheep? It's not like the movies, y'all. It's not like, oh my gosh, it's so tough. No, you get close to there and you're going to get a disease. They stink so bad. They smell. Me and my brother know. We used to have sheep in the church because it was going to be great, supposedly, and they would escape. All of you that are from Puerto Rico are cracking up. We had two sheep in our church. Those sheep were not smellable, if that's a word. They were not. You would get close to those sheep, it'd be crazy. And one time, me and Chris, we got the little one. There was a little one, there was a big one. We captured the little one, and we were so excited because they had gotten out of their cage. We were so excited. Yeah, yeah, we got the sheep. Yeah. Yeah, we were pumped. So we got the little one, and then we were trying to carry it, but it would resist. And Chris was like, bro, I know how we can carry the sheep. And I told him what? And he said, don't worry. I saw a picture of King David, and he showed me in the picture how we're supposed to carry this sheep. And I was like, for real? Okay. And then all of a sudden, a kid comes walking, a kid from our church, and he was like, hey, hey. Roger, we called him Roger. Roger, come over here. And he went over there. And when he got over there, we were like, hey, man. Chris was like, bro, we need to take this sheep over there, but we got to go get the big one. Me and my brother, we're the ones that know how to take sheep. We're sheep hunters. So we're going to go get the sheep. And you take this one back upstairs. And he was like, how am I going to do it? It's impossible to move. And he was like, don't worry. Kneel down. So he knelt down. And Chris had this amazing idea of putting the sheep in his shoulder 
so that he can hold the boss and walk just like King David did in the picture. When, when he put the sheep on the guy's shoulders, the guy stood up and the guys were sideways and we were there and he was like, <laughs> we're like, what's wrong, man? He's like, bro, it stinks, man. I can't walk, bro. I can't breathe. And Chris was like, come on, man. Don't be a pansy. You can take it up. There's just a little sheep. He was like, bro, I can't do it. Chris was like, if David did it, we can do it. <laughs> we were like, okay, okay. He was like, okay. As soon as he turned around, something fell out of the sheep and hit the guy's face. Let's keep on going with the sermon, all right? I don't want y'all to get that picture. But sheep stink. My point is sheep stink because they get dirty and they're constantly surrounded by crap. And what happens is because there's crap constantly, parasites and instincts are, are, and insects are born. The pastor said that and it blew my mind. What these insects do is that they go inside the sheep's ear and inside the sheep's ear, these insects and parasites, they start nesting there and letting all those little eggs there. What happens is that after they're there, because the sheep has really wide ear, after they're there, it climbs, they, 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 they get born, <laughs> and they go through their drum and penetrate it and live around the brain. And what happens is that the sheep, as you see her, she's there, she's normally, she's chilling, she's jumping, but inside of her, there are insects and parasites going through her brain. Now, those insects can't kill the sheep, but the sheep can feel it. It can feel it going around. It can feel it talking. It can feel it moving. It can feel it pinching. It can, it can feel it eating. And eventually the sheep can't handle it no more. The sheep goes crazy when she can't handle it no more. What they do is that they go running towards a rock with all of their strength. They jump. They hit the rock, crack their skull, and kill themselves because they cannot handle no more the parasite inside of their mind. So today, I'm going to do that. No, no, I'm just kidding. The <laughs> bunch of people are like, yeah, yeah. Man. No, but that's what they do. They kill themselves. So, so because they don't want that to happen, the shepherd, like David, they go up to them. They carry them and everything. Then they put them down, and they get oil, and they rub oil all over their head and inside of their ear. They rub it so that when the parasites come to get into their ear, listen, to get into their head, they can't resist the oil and the presence of that oil inside of their head all over them because the, the, the sheep said, I belong to a shepherd, and he's taking care of me. He's taking care of me, so you can no longer come in, so, that, so then the sheep can't go in. I just gave you guys, so I just talked to you guys about our society completely. Some of you got it, some of you didn't. I just explained years and years of society repeating itself, repeating itself in this little sheep story, but some of you are still having got it. It all starts with this. We're going to go through four simple steps to explain to you how this story of the sheep is our society and how it manages us. Now, this message is a strong message, so I suggest you pay attention, and I suggest you follow along with me because this message is going to change your mind. This message is going to change your mind. First, number one, it all starts, it all starts because the sheep live in crap. It all starts there. If the sheep wouldn't live in crap, if the sheep wouldn't live so disgusting and so in a bad place, then the flies and the parasites will never be created to get inside of them. This world is crap, people. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you believe. I don't care where you came from. This world is full of crap. This world is full of poop. And everything in it is bad and it is not good for us. And the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, do not love, do not what? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desire, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. The Bible is telling us, John is telling us that this world is crap. And the number one reason he knows that it's crap is because it is in the deterioration mode. It is deteriorating, and he says it here, and the world is passing away with its desires. The reason that this world is crap is because its own desires, the things that it has created on its own, is eating itself up, and if you attach to this world, you're going to go away with the world because you are entering in deterioration. You're entering in self-destruct mode while you love the world and while you get close to it. And I can give you example after example after example after example of how this is true. Society complicates everything, people. You know that? Do you know that society complicates everything? I'm going to give you guys a little intro of a series that I'm preparing for the month of December. Society complicates every single aspect of life, and we keep listening to it, and we keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse because we're following a world that is passing away. Alcohol, society complicated alcohol. Alcohol, it's in the Bible. People used to drink wine, and everything was okay. But because society fell in love so much with it, they say, hey, let's keep drinking it and drinking it and drinking it and drinking it and drinking They get drunk, and because they got drunk, because society told them to keep drinking because it was good, it was good, it was good, and we followed them. Now hundreds and hundreds of people are dead because of drunk people driving. Just one of the thousands of side effects that alcohol has created because society has followed along with it. Now, I know a bunch of you don't like that. Drugs. Drugs, can, a lot of drugs can help you, and a lot of drugs can heal you, and doctors use it for good. But society told you that it was cool to smoke weed every single day. Society told you that it was good to inject heroin through your veins, that it was going to be cool. And now people die every single year because society convinced you that drugs were good and drugs were cool, and you decided to follow a world that's passing sex. Sex is a great thing created by God in the beginning. It was beautiful. It was amazing. And people and society has changed it and torn it apart to where now it's probably the most dangerous weapon against mankind alive. Man was supposed to have sex with his wife, and that's it. But society told you, hey, if you get tired of your wife, go to the next one and have sex with them. And you decided to follow along with a world that is in self-destruct mode. And every second that you stay in adultery, you're destructing yourself. The society told us, hey, man, don't get married because then you'll get tied up for all the youth. Where's the youth? (laughs) Society told you, hey, man, why get married with the girl? Why put a ring on her finger? Just have sex with her. You can do it. It's okay. And if you go back in time, it shows you how society is, is, is in such insane, a self-destruct mode. Because years ago, we went to a prison in California, and you would get arrested for fornicating. Yes, here in the U.S., you would get arrested for 60, 90 days in jail for having sex before marriage. And when you got out of jail, either you married her or you walked away. That shows you how society is so corrupted. Because even before that, people wouldn't do it. That wasn't an option. Having sex before marriage wasn't an option. But it's gotten so rotten and rotten, rotten, you follow society, you're going to get burnt, people. You're going to get burnt, and it ain't going to be good. Society, once again, complicates it. I know that this is a hot topic, and before you criticize me, I'm going to talk about it because this church, and it's what we got to do. Homosexuality. Homosexuality ain't cool. If you're going through that, hey, don't worry, we'll help you out. But it ain't okay. We're not going to tell you to keep on doing it. Because God intended a man to be with with a woman, with his wife. And from, if you are any smart, if you're not Christian, if you're an atheist, but you have a freaking brain, now I'm going to get a little strong for the kids. This doesn't work. It's not meant to work. 
Nature tells us that this works. <laughs> but the other thing doesn't. Nature is telling you it doesn't work. It's not the way it's supposed to be. But society decided to complicate it. And now it's not only hard enough to find a woman that you like. Now you can find a woman or go for a man. It's cool. It's all right. It's not. Oh, so you're batching on homosexuality. That's a hot topic. Why are you doing this? I'm getting out of here because you don't accept homosexuals. No, we accept them. But if it's a sin, we're going to treat it like a sin. Or a murderer is going to walk in through our doors and we're going to tell him, oh, you killing. He's like, yeah, I kill and I can't stop killing, man. It's just in me. I feel like I was born to kill. When it's, like, it's all right, man. You can be in this church. If you kill, well, it happens. Do we do that? No, because it's a sin. And because if somebody kills, it's wrong. And we accept them in church. We love them in church. But we tell him, you need to stop killing. And the minute that he kills, we reject him. But if the homosexual walks into the room and he kisses another guy, and then the next day he kisses another guy, and the next day he goes with another guy, oh, it's so cool because we need to accept everybody. What, sin is in fashion? Is homosexuality in fashion? We're going to accept it? No. Oh, my gosh, she's young, united. I win, and I'm gay, and now they're they're batching me. No, man, we want to help you. But I will tell you the same thing I tell a killer. But how can you understand it with a killer, not with a homosexual? I will tell you the same thing that I would tell a thief. I will tell you the same thing that I would tell a liar. If he's lying to the government, he's going to get arrested. They're not going to tell him, oh, bro, it's cool. You didn't have food. It's all right. Don't worry. Don't pay your taxes. No, that's not how it works. You need to love it. You need to accept him, but you need to tell it straight. Christian, if you're here, for all the Christians, for all the servants, say amen. amen. Because it has me upset. Say amen a little louder. Come on. Amen. If you're a Christian and you believe in God, your job is to treat a sin like a sin. Not just for you, but for your friends. I'm not telling you not to be their friend. But I'm telling you that if you're afraid to say no because it's cool and they'll see you like a bad guy, hmm, your priorities are messed up, bro. They're messed up. Homosexuality is a sin. And that shows you how we live in a world where society complicates a scenario day after day after day after day after day, putting it in self-destruct mode where it goes down and it blows up. And if you hang on to it, if you, if you people allow, if you think that God will allow what people allow, you're wrong. Because it will destruct. It will burn, and it will blow up, and you will burn with it. Unless you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And unless you get closer, and unless you decide to step away from your life of sin. Amen? Amen. Now, I know I told you, I told you, I told you you wouldn't like this sermon. I told you you wouldn't like me. But at the end of the day, I don't report to you, I report to God. And when I stand in front of God, I'm going to tell him, God, I said it straight with friends, without friends, with members, or without members. I told them the truth, and I told them what you told me to tell them. You can either receive it or you can walk away and get pissed off at me. But this is the word. This is the truth. It is wrong, and it's not right. And it goes on and on and on and on and on, and it's not okay. And the reason that it's important for you to understand this world is because it only offers crap. And when you receive that crap, when, that, when the world blinds you and you're eating crap every day, the parasites will get into your head and will mess you up. From this moment, you are a sheep. And you need to understand that you're living in crap. Because if you don't, you'll never run to the shepherd and tell him, clean me, wash me. Because I do not want to get killed by this world that I'm living in. Men, step number one, we live, this world is crap. Step number two, step number two, go with me, say with me two. Say with me two. Bugs will climb up there. That's the second thing that happens. Bugs will climb up there and mess with you. We have an enemy, people. Because you live in crap, the bugs will get in there. The bugs are your enemy, and we have an enemy, and his name is Satan. 
and he has people, and Satan, Satan, listen to me, listen to me, because this will shock you too. Don't underestimate Satan. Don't underestimate Satan. I'm not saying giving him power. I'm not saying follow him. I'm not saying worship him. I'm not saying be afraid of him. I'm saying don't underestimate because he's been watching you every single day of your life, and he knows exactly where you slip. He knows exactly your weak spot, and if you don't get strong, if you don't get tough, he'll get to you. He'll get to you and he'll eat you because you need to understand that you have an enemy. Look at what the Bible says straight up. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Say, be what? Say with me. Be what? Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. The minute that you step out those doors, right now the devil is trying to observate you. The devil is looking at you with legions and legions and demon after demon watching you to take you down. Get into your head and kill you. And you need to understand that we have an enemy. And that enemy is alive. And you cannot underestimate him. Because he knows you better than you know yourself. The devil's out to get you, people. You need to know that. You need to know that. And when he attacks, you will fall. Every now and then you will fall. Paul said, the things I want to do are the things that I don't do. And the things I do want to do... There's the things that I don't do and the things that I don't want to do are the things that I end up doing because he knows that there's an enemy constantly going around him that tricks him and plays with his mind and blinds him to where he falls. So you need to be watchful. Be sober-minded because the devil's watching. The devil's watching. Look at the, look at the third step. Look at the third step. The third thing that you can't do is that, is that he can't do nothing. You need to understand that the bugs will get in there. The bugs will climb up. The bugs will climb up. But they can't kill you. The bugs didn't kill the sheep. The sheep killed itself. It can get in your mind. The devil will get in your mind. The devil will attack. But he cannot do anything unless you agree to it. And he cannot do anything unless you move with it. You got to understand that the devil does not have power over you. You have power over yourself because God gave you free will, freed you from those things that hold you back. So it is your job to either say yes and fall for it or your job to say no. What killed the sheep? What killed the sheep? Look at this verse. Look at the verse. Ephesians 2 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. What killed the sheep? The bugs? The bugs? No. The sheep killed themselves. The sheep killed themselves running into a stone and jumping in. And why would they do that way? Why would they do something like that? If they knew, if they knew that the bugs couldn't kill them, if they understood that the bugs couldn't do that, why would they do that? Because they felt so guilty. They felt so bad, so filthy. They couldn't handle any more the lies. They couldn't handle any more the constantly walking around, the constant chirping inside of their mind. That what they would do is they would kill themselves. And that is exactly what you're about to do right now. Listen to me. I'm speaking to somebody specific. That is exactly what you're about to do right now. You feel guilty. You feel like crap. The devil has gone in your mind and you think that you're not worthy of God and you think that you're not worthy of living and you think that you're not worthy of walking and the devil is messing with your head to the point that you're about to let go and you're about to kill yourself. Hey! Don't do it. He can't do nothing to you. It's you on your own. Understand that when God came down, he said, it is by grace you have been saved. By grace you are alive. Not by your own doing. By grace. Follow him. Follow him. He's got you. He already did everything that he had to do. That's why he sent his son down to earth. Church, are you with me? Are you with me? You're with me? You understand what I'm saying? you got to be in the grace of God. 
You got to delight in his grace. You got to let the spirit move you. You got to be free, people, people. You got to be free. When you stand up here, there's an example that my uncle told me once, Theo Moises. Man, I love that guy. He's amazing. He sings like nobody can sing in this world. And one time he told me this example, and it blew my mind away. He said, every time, listen, because this is for you. This is for you. Adults too. Every time, every time that you feel inside of you raising your hands, every time that you feel inside of you giving a, a dollar to somebody, that you feel it inside of you, every time that you feel inside of you giving a little bit more to the waiter, jumping, dancing, screaming, singing, smiling, smiling, and you don't, you're slapping the Holy Spirit right in the face and telling him constantly, you do not rule over me. I do not do what you tell me to do. I do what the world tells me to do. And the world tells me not to dance because I look like an idiot. You tell me to dance, but you don't rule over me. The world does. You tell me to sing, but you don't rule over me. The world does. You tell me to give 20 bucks out of my pocket to a waiter that might be going through a situation with their kids, but you don't rule over me. The world says, I need the 20 bucks and I need to be selfish with those 20 bucks. You tell me to give my tithe. You tell me to give my offering, but you don't rule over me. The world does. And the world says that money's valuable. And the world says that sex before marriage is good. And the world tells me that all this is good and I will go with the world and not with you because you do not know what you're doing. You do not know what you're saying. Oh, swear, don't say it like that. It's not true. You do that because you know you did it. You know you messed up. You're trying to defend yourself. If those thoughts are in your head, you're trying to defend yourself. What thing you should have done that you didn't do today? What did the Holy Spirit move you to do today that you didn't do? Because I'm sure that happened today. Did you feel like raising your hands in the worship? You didn't do it. Did you feel like singing in worship, but you didn't do it? You don't do it. Follow the Holy Spirit. Follow the Holy Spirit. He's inside of you, and he's alive, and he wants you to follow him. Don't fall for the devil. Don't fall for his crap. Don't fall for his stupid, stupid thoughts. Because they can't kill you. Only you can kill yourself. Delight in God's grace. Because it is not on your own doings. It is not for your own doings. It is the gift of God. The fact that you're alive and the fact that you're here today. Do you receive that? Can you receive that? And last but not least, my favorite part, favorite part, the shepherd and father comes to clean and anoint. We have an enemy, but we have a father, church. We have an enemy, but we have a God. And that God is going to come to clean. He's going to come to restore you. And he's going to come to anoint you to make you the man that you need to be. John 16, Jesus, before he leaves, before he dies, before everything happens, he said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. You may have peace. You may have peace. Have peace, church. Have peace. Have peace. Have peace. In me, you may have peace in the world. In the world, you will have tribulation. You live in a world that is crap. Jesus says you live in a world that is crap, in a society that is corrupted and is self-destructing itself. But take heart. I overcame the world. Take heart. I got you. 
I overcame the world and I sent you the Holy Spirit so that you can listen to him and not to the bugs that is inside of your mind. And you can walk and you can get up and you can flip the switch and allow that power to take you places that you've never been, do things you've never done. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does through you. That is what he wants to do through you. And that's how he wants to move you. So that's why I repeat, church. That's why I repeat. Here's my sermon. Here's my sermon. I always do this, right? Here's my sermon. Girl, you're the one I want to love me. And if you want, then girl, you got me. It's nothing I, no, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do. You should get it next to you. Come on, sing it with me. I know you know it. Girl, you're the one I want to love me. And if you want, then girl, you got me. It's nothing I, no, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do. Come on, see it with me. Lift your hand. Hand to you. Ooh, 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 ooh. Come on, let's get up next to you. Ooh, 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 ooh. Just to get up next to you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So what the heck are you talking about, man? This is nuts. Church, you're the one. I want to want him. And if you want, then church, you got him. It's nothing I, no, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do. Just to get you next to him. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh-huh. My sermon today is that I want you to want Jesus and to want the Holy Spirit as much as I love him. I want you to want his anointing as much as I want his anointing. I want you to save yourself, church. I want you to get him and hug him. I want you to become a minister. I want singers to come out of this place. I want you to invite your friend. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, I am yours. Move me. Dance with me. Jump for me. Jump with me. Holy Spirit, I am yours. I want you to yell out. Listen, this is for you, girl. I want you to yell out. Break every chain. Break every chain. I want you to declare it over all these people. This is your church. You're the worship leader. And you weren't called for little things. You were called for great things. And in my eyes, you're the best worship leader that I've ever seen. And you're going to reach farther than you've ever reached. All you got to do is trust God. Because, girl, you're the one I want to want him. You're the one I want to want him. Want him. Dance with him. Sing praise. Mike, you're awesome, bro. Listen to me for real. I told you guys at the beginning of the sermon, you are amazing, man. Nothing could do the thing. Nobody could do the things you do. You sing, you fight, and your number one desire is for these people to worship God. It's for these people to lift up their hands. And the reason you do awkward transitions, and every time that the song ends, you say, amen, amen. The reason you do those awkward things is because inside of you, you feel a weight for people to worship Him. You feel a weight, and you want to lift Him up, and you want to take Him to Him. That's why God's going to bless you, man. You're amazing. Follow the Holy Spirit, because you're amazing. You're the best worship leader I've ever seen. You got this. You got this, man. You're called for greatness. You're called for greatness. Pastor, you're the best pastor in the world, and nobody will tell you, and nobody will repeat it to you. And as I got tear with him, I got tear with him, I'll probably cry with you, but you're the best dad, you're the best pastor, and this church recognizes you and loves you because you're the man of God, and I want you to always want him, and I want you to always be the anointed man and me be under you because without you, I wouldn't understand God the way I understand him. Thank you for every day standing up and preaching the word you want to preach and explaining to us what we need to do. You're amazing. 
oh, you're just being emotional, man. I don't care a crap what you think. I'm telling the people that I love because I see greatness in these people. And these people are anointed because they flipped the switch and they said, yeah. And I stand in front of you and tell you, my brother, my sister, flip the switch and allow the Holy Spirit to take control of you and take you farther than you've ever forgotten you. I church is here, it's alive, and it's going far, and it's going distant. And we're going to fill up this place because we understand God. We know God. And he will anoint this church.